Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 34 of the Feasible Filmcast. It is April 5th, 2017. My name is Christopher and on today's review it's going to be Ghost in the Shell, the brand new film that just came out starring Scarlett Johansson as well as uh, top five sci-fi heroines. So let's go ahead and get right into the review. So a little bit of background is I started watching um, Ghost in the Shell like several years ago, probably like around, I don't know, 2000 or so. Uh, you know, I was really, really, I've always really been big into sci-fi. So, you know, uh, that was just kind of like a natural progression. Everyone was talking about it at the time. Everybody loved it. So I started watching instantly, like fell in love with the characters and just like the cyberpunk uh, flavor of the of the uh, of the animes and the movie and um, you know and I just loved the the design elements the concepts the music of course really struck a chord with me and so you know it always seemed that the anime was destined for a movie you know kind of like Akira or uh, <laughs> Dragon Ball now um, you know like it just seems that most anime adaptations usually fall flat I know I I didn't. I enjoyed the uh, Initial D anime quite a bit and you know when they released the live action of course you know it uses you know the same cars and things like that but I don't know it's just hard to capture the the fun of the of course the source material almost like adapting a book you know you lose things um, in translation and although you know Ghost and Shell kind of plays it fairly straightforward it loses a bit of the original uh, concepts as well that we'll get to, but um, yeah. So my so let's see it was uh, directed by Rupert Sanders, um, who did um, what did he do? I think Snow White is his only other movie he's done, um, and you know it stars Scarlett Johansson. Um, the other big one was Michael Pitt, I guess if if you say it's big, but uh, and it went off a modest budget, I guess you know of about a hundred and something million, and so. It's basically about a um, a brain that's salvaged uh, that is put into a cybernetic body and is in turn used as a weapon to kind of go through and, and face foes of the city, you know, almost like a mercenary, which is Scarlett Johansson's character named Major. So from there it, um, but I guess, I guess I'll go ahead and give my overall impressions of the film. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of sci-fi, so I might be slightly biased, you know, I, I, you know, looking at the different people's reviews and whatnot, especially like on Letterboxd, you know, they're all over the place, you know, we're seeing twos, we're seeing threes, we're seeing ones, um, and we're seeing all the way up to fours and fives, so it's kind of averaging out around where I gave it here towards the end, so, um, so the reviews are kind of all over the place, and and you know me being slightly biased, I guess I dig the whole you know cyberpunk feel, the sci-fi elements, um, the uh, advertising. I guess it's in the movie, and it uh, it very very much so like uh, it's very similar to something like Blade Runner, I guess in a way, just just not touching on near as many you know um, philosophical ideas or. Uh, you know, man and machine style of, uh, you know, revelations. It doesn't touch really on anything uh, or it doesn't come close to anything that that movie had. But 
In its own right, I, I believe that it's, for, for what we were given, if you look at it as a whole, it's, it's a cold, calculated movie that, you know, doesn't really give you much uh, story to go on. But, you know, I, I didn't really have a problem with that. If you can, you know, if you're a fan of sci-fi, you've seen a lot of the things before. Um, but, but this one kind of does a couple things a little differently that I'll get to. Like, in comparison to something like The Matrix, you know, you have, um, you know, like these, like, norm, seemingly normal people doing, like, these extraordinary things within The Matrix. And um, it's really interesting to see um, Scarlett Johansson's character, Major, go through the same type of, um, like, fighting. And uh, you don't really get a sense of where she got her training. But the visual style gets um, kind of amp amped up and elevated in this. So the action... Uh, I liked quite a bit, you know, and if you've seen, you know, the original anime movie, it's, it's very similar, like a lot of the action sequences are very similar, and uh, I like the uh, kind of flourishes they give in this, especially, you know, the first battle scene, if you remember from the anime, where uh, there's like a fight in, in between like a, and a skyscraper, and, uh, you know, the glass gets shattered from the bullets and things like that, it's very similar to that, and I actually like the movie a little bit better than the animes in regards to the action uh, in that particular set piece just because you know you have like all the familiar characters but the way that she kind of takes them out it, it's kind of jarring at first though um seeing scarlett johansson i guess in her little like cybernetic suit it, it it's hard to separate the cg from this from the real suit and i i kind of would like to see a uh, behind the scenes on how they did the not just so much like the uh, transformations of the robots, but especially like Scarlett Johansson's character. Cause it's sometimes when she's running around, it's, you know, you get that kind of blurry, um, you know, Avenger style action, like especially like at the beginning of Age of Ultron where you can't quite make out what's going on. You know, it's CG, but they're kind of in a realistic place. So it's jarring, it doesn't fit, but there's some points that look good. And I thought that the action was well shot um, like, especially from the trailer, you, you know, the fight of her when she's fighting the, uh, the enemy in the water is particularly good. I like a lot of the slow-mo stuff. Um, and you know, like the different types of hand-to-hand, -hand, uh, fighting it. I mean, it, it's not in the ballpark of like John Wick or Avengers. It's kind of like somewhere in between, like unbelievable and, um, like she's being like a tactician, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem all that real, but it, at the end of the day, it, it, it gets the job done. And um, I think going into it, if you're expecting some kind of like emotional draw to any of the characters, I think you won't find it here. Um, it's, very, it's very much like the anime. You know, they try to, you know, interject a lot of the uh, man versus machine, you know, do you have a soul if you're transplanted? And... Although it goes into a little bit of that, it doesn't really give you any background whatsoever on any of the characters. And I don't know that it, in this film, the way it's presented, I don't think it actually has to. You know, it, it's, it's so easy to follow. And I think that's one thing that they were especially going for, and which definitely, you know, makes sense, you know, seeing how it unfolded is they wanted to go for something that's, you know, not going to lose a lot of people, but also bring in the spirit of the original. So, um, yeah, and it has, like, I mean, it has its moments. Like, it has a little bit of levity there, here and there, um, you know. But 
you know, the background music and, uh, you know, that, that kind of amps it up, gives it that eighties feel, but also like the stark delivery of, you know, each character, like how cold, like I said, it's like how cold and collected it is. It's, it's jarring at first. But then once you get acclimated to it, it I feel that it's okay, you know, to, you know, for the rest of the movie. There isn't really a lot of emotion <laughs> given at all um, in the movie whatsoever, uh, other than um, Michael Pitt's character towards the end uh, that we'll get to. But but basically, she's uh, Scarlett Johansson's character is trying to find someone's hacking in to these uh, like sentry bots and robots and people with augmentations. They're, they're hacking into them and they're uh, making them go around and they're trying to, um, trying not to spoil too much here, assess memories of uh, their past. So what they've done differently on, in this one is they've kind of changed um, the realization of like trying to find someone's soul and, and in doing, you know, instead of like building character and saying, you know, is it, am I a real person if it's only my brain in this body that's cybernetic? And they're going more for, she's just trying to find her memories, you know, so of her past. So she's trying to find like her parents, what happened to them, what happened to her, you know, and there's some probing questions here and there that, you know, um, go for drama. But I think it's just to build like a slight connection just so they can move forward. And it's only like an hour and 40 minutes. I think it's like a, a really good length. It, it it chugs along fairly well. And uh, I think if you're, especially if you're a fan of the anime, there's a lot of nods. Like I liked how they kept the same exact design of the, uh, the motorcycle, the car, um, a lot of the scaling shots, um, especially a lot of the technology she uses is very similar. You know, the skyscraper, skyscraper jumping, um, you know, those type of things. And uh, I think when it comes down to it, uh, you know, as far as like a, a like a uh, like if, if you're say, if you want to sit here and say that is it moving like the genre forward, I'd say no. But it has some really interesting visuals and, you know, something like, you know, it seems like every year we're getting like these, you know, time travel, like Project Almanac, uh, Sound of My Voice, things like that, where it's just, you know, these indie ones where they're, they're dealing with time, but ultimately, you know, it just doesn't have the budget to give you like the sci-fi action or give you these sprawling cities or the technology that you'd need to, to, you know, just to amp up the drama. And I think this gives it to you. It just doesn't elevate it. So that's kind of my stance on that. Um, but I couldn't help but think watching it, you know, how awesome a uh, Deus Ex movie would be, you know, if, if they based it off the game. And, you know, I'm sure there's, I haven't looked, but I'm sure there's like books and comics and things like that out there. But, you know, they deal with similar, a similar situation, but um, in Deus Ex, it has like a little bit of a darker, uh, more personal undertone to the main character. So I think that that would you know, you could build up the society, you could build up the suspense, just like you you have in Ghost in the Shell, but it's not as broad, it's more centered um, on Jensen's character. I think that would would be pretty awesome, especially, you know, like the end of the, I, I, you know, if they were doing trilogies, especially if you've if you played the game, you know what I'm talking about, the end of the first game, you know, just 
especially like the first game would make an awesome movie, I think. But um, yeah, so Ghost of the Shell, like, yeah, the special effect, like I said, there's some iffy moments with the special effects, um, especially towards the very end of the film, you know, like the climax, there's a, there's a big action scene. And it's almost like there's, there's, um, there's interspersed moments of really good, like really good, uh, uh, like CG effects and, you know, and explosions and things like that. But then there's also, it muddles it like here and there with some really bad special effects. So it's kind of jarring, but I don't think it detracts all that much. You know, I can't, you can't be that critical on something that, you know, costs like a, you know, a hundred million dollars. So, um, but you know, I mean, ultimately there's not really a lot to spoil. We're not, I don't, I don't think we're going to need time for like uh, spoilers at the end. You know, it, it's, it's the main plot points aren't anything to write home about. So, you know, or, or the revelations, you know, it'll just propel the story forward. So, and you know, there wasn't any post credit scenes, so they're not teasing anything, which I thought they might, but they're not. And, uh, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, you'd enjoy yourself. Um, you know, if you like science fiction, if you liked, you know, movies in the same vein, like, you know, the matrix or Lucy or, um, uh, like Watchmen, you know, you know, things like that, you know, things that are, that are, you know, you kind of have to open your mind a bit, but it doesn't propel you to like, think about it much more than just, you know, there, there's nothing really, um, to look like, look at, you know, I mean, as far as like going forward, like, like in the story, it just, you know, they give you like a small little plot and it's just really easy to follow. It doesn't get convoluted at all. And you know, I think at the end of the day, it's just, it was just, you know, just fun. And, um, so coming to the review, I would say I'd give it about a, you know, a three and a half out of five. And that could possibly go up on a rewatch, um, especially, um, you know, watching it at home, like later on when it comes out, I think it might be pretty cool. So, or, or might go up a little bit better. So we'll, or a little bit more. So we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, take some time, check it out, and go in with an open mind, and I think you'll have a fun time. So, moving on, uh, we're gonna get into like our top five list, which is which is Ghost in the Shell inspired. And you know, I was trying to think about what would be one of the best like top fives to do, and I, I kind of uh, I kind of landed on top five sci-fi heroines, and you know, this is. Just like most of these lists, this is really subjective. So let's go ahead and get to the top five. We'll start with the fifth first. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of controversy <laughs> in this list because I could have easily put like three or four alien movies in here. But, you know, I just stuck with two. So number five is Aliens. And, you know, you would think you'd pick, you'd think I'd pick Ripley, but I'm going with Vasquez. You know, she's just, she's badass. She's, um, one of the first movies I can remember where you're just like, uh, like what, like just seeing like a really, really strong female character and just like, wow, this is so awesome. And, you know, usually you just see, you know, of that time, you know, like with Terminator and Rambo and things like that, you know, um, women weren't really given like their fair shake, but for, 
you know, just thinking about all the top of my head when I was making the list, you know, Vasquez is just someone who sticks out. Her look, her demeanor, you know, she's just, you know, badass. And then number four is entering the same realm with Prometheus and it's uh, Elizabeth Shaw's character. And I like that she can run the, the gamut, you know, just like Ripley did, you know, she can be caring, she could be thoughtful, she can be like harrowing, she can be adventurous, she can be badass, you know, all of those things wrapped into one makes her like, you know, easy, I could have easily like put her like higher on the list. It's just the only thing that gets in the way slightly is the acting, you know, uh, of in or especially in that movie. But, you know, as far as a character, you know, that's another one that stands out to me. Uh, number three, Sarah Connor from Terminator 2, you know, same thing with in Aliens, you know, seeing, you know, you know, another strong female lead and especially, you know, one in as big as a movie as Terminator 2 just was so awesome at the time. And um, it was just somebody you wanted to get behind, somebody you wanted to root for, you know, she's misunderstood and like a lot of these characters are. And, you know, like I said, it's just it's someone to fun to get behind and, you know, the movie just just an absolute classic and amazing and it's kind of similar to Ghost in the Shell in a way, but uh, that's number three. Number two is Trinity from The Matrix. And, you know, this one was when I was a little bit older and I'd seen, you know, my fair share of like sci-fi at the time. And, you know, when Trinity came along, it was cool. Like, you know, she had, she was cool. She was like cool and collected very much. So very much like Scarlett Johansson's major character in Ghost in the Shell. She like knows her place. She like, as far as like how she interacts with the team, she uh, can like fight like nobody's business. And uh, like, you know, the acting is just top hot. So number two was definitely Trinity. And then number one, this one was hard. Um, he, yeah, I could easily put, you know, any of the, the, the women on this list. Uh, like two number one but number one for me like especially like in in every facet i've said beforehand as far as like all the traits these characters have is is furiosa from uh mad max fury road and she just encapsulates everything like you have in this one movie you have everything you have like anger rage compassion uh like thoughtfulness um revenge you know you, you just get everything and charlie's theron like just knocks knocks it out of the park, knocks it out of the park with the, with the character. And, and, you know, just the movie is just so watchable, you know, it's so fun. You can throw it on at any time and, and enjoy it. So she's definitely, um, number one. So, um, let me just bring it up here. What we're going to be looking forward to next week. Um, you know, I, I guess, is Fate of the Furious next? I'm not sure. Let's look. Let's take a look here. So next week would be the 14th. So we're looking at... Uh, what's the big movie next week? Yeah, so we're looking... Next week is... doesn't look like it's going up against anything. It's Fate of the Furious next week. So... That'll be next week's review, um, you know, and just, you know, do our best to kind of compare it to the others. You know, I've only seen, as far as Fast and the Furious goes, 
you know, when it started, I, I really enjoyed the series, but as it kind of turned into more of a heist movie, I liked part five, but then, um, there's a part four, which, whichever one they, uh, they started to like get more, like Ludacris came in, or I'm sorry, Ludacris like became like their, their science guy and like built all the gadgets and, and, uh, um, you know, they kind of were more of like a Ocean's Eleven style. That, that's when I, I liked that one, whichever that one was, I think it was five, but, uh, but then it's just slowly gotten worse, just like Expendables and things like that. You know, it's just, it's the same window dressing with cars and girls on every cover and every scene. And especially looking forward to, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to the, I think it's like 240 minute runtime. It's something ridiculous, like almost like a three hour runtime. Definitely not looking forward to that, but you never know. I guess you give it the benefit of the doubt and see, you know, what, what they can come up with. Um, and uh, I guess Aftermath comes out as well, the, the new Schwarzenegger, uh, you know, plane crash drama. So we might get to that one as well. But uh, like always, uh, you know, if you want to get in touch with us, send me an email. It's uh, feasiblefilm at gmail.com. You, I'm sorry, feasiblefilmcast at gmail.com. You can hit us there. You can get us at uh, Twitter, feas- it's at feasiblefilm. Um, you know, if you enjoyed the show, uh, if you want to like send in questions, if you want to be a part of the show, just, uh, you know, direct message me on Twitter, send me an email and like share on social media. So if you see it go up, you see the show go up, you enjoy it, you know, leave us comments on iTunes, you know, just pop on iTunes, um, and subscribe if you haven't already Just search for feasible film, it'll pop up and, you know, just leave questions, comments, and suggestions and uh, send in your questions for the week and uh, we will get to them in future shows. So thanks for listening again and until next time, stay feasible.